Josh Allen is the current quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. He's got the Buffalo Bills in the NFL playoffs, and uh, he's on track if he continues a career like he's having right now to, to be a potential Hall of Famer at some point. And uh, you're probably wondering why we're talking about Josh Allen right now, but Josh Allen uh, went to a junior college in California, didn't have any scholarship offers to Fresno State, which is, was his dream school, and then ended up going to the University of Wyoming. And so he went from a, a, a junior college in California to the University of Wyoming to develop into a quarterback that was drafted in the first round. Uh, now he's got the NFL team he's playing for in the playoffs. And again, he's, got, he's a future potential Hall of Famer if he keeps up uh, what he's doing. And Josh Allen uh, is a lot like, um, or I want to compare him to one of the trends that I talk to a lot of club directors about in junior volleyball, and that's what team do I play on? And uh, one of the things that I hear from club directors all the time is that if, if kids aren't on a first team, uh, you know, they don't want to be on a second team. They don't want to be on a, another team. They only want to be on a first team, regardless if they're going to play or not. And I think one of the things that, that we look at, and, and I'll take this back to Josh Allen and a guy like Josh Allen, if he would have said in high school, I'm going to only be at a school like Alabama, or I'm only going to be at a school like USC, or I'm only going to be at a school, uh, you know, one of the big power five schools, you know, and he would have been the fifth or sixth string quarterback, and he would have had no college career, and he would have had no NFL career, and, you know, he'd be selling insurance right now. And one of the things that I think we do is in volleyball is, we have this trend that, that directors talk about with me all the time, and one of the things that we look at is, is this really the thing that is going to make our players, the, the greatest number of players, reach their potential? And uh, I'm going to cover that in this podcast and talk about uh, you know, the, the pros and cons and why I think it's personally not a good thing uh, because it, it, it hampers the development of players. And... One of the things that, that coaches and directors always talk about is they say this is driven by the parents. The parents all want their kids to be on the top team, which I think that's probably natural that every parent wants their player to play at the highest level possible. But I think one of the things that we look at is, is it, best, is it in the best interest of the player? And another thing I think that's important is the communication and the education in this process is really the key when you deal with parents and players uh, to understand what, what is in their best interest. And um, another thing that we have to look at also as club directors is what's the environment and what's the experience for kids who don't play on our number one teams? And I think that's a, that's a question that we have to answer, and it's, it's an issue that we have to address as club directors and coaches. And I think the thing that you ask yourself is, you know, is the, is the need to be on a first team does that outweigh the need to develop your talent and experience? And I think there's, there's two or three different scenarios where it, it may or it may not. I think if you've got a, a, an elite level coach who coaches uh, a team and you've got a player with you know, uh, minimal experience or is just starting to develop and they need a lot of technical coaching, you know, it may be valuable for that player, <coughs> excuse me, it may be valuable for that player to spend a year with a coach who can develop their talent, uh, even if they're not playing a lot. Because one of the first things you do, and we've talked about it in previous podcasts, is one of the first things you have to do is you have to lay your foundation. You have to put yourself in a situation where uh, your fundamental and technical skills are solid. Uh, but then from there, your ability to, to expose those skills to all situations and the, the ability to put yourself in <clears throat> different situations in, in different environments is going to be crucial. 
And sometimes playing on the first team, if you're not a starter, doesn't allow you to do that. I mean, you might be on a really good team, but if you're playing 15 or 20% of the time and you're taking stats or watching the rest of the time, uh, it's great that you're on that team, but it may not be great for you as a player. And I think that's, what one, of the, that's one of the things we want to address here. Um, our, attitude, our attitude at Sports Performance is that we want every player to maximize their development. We look at, uh, because we charge a fee, and it doesn't really matter if you charge $100 or $10,000, when you charge somebody a fee, you know, you're, they become your customer and you become a service provider. And one of the things that we look at in our program is how can we develop the greatest number of players to play at the highest level possible, which creates a competitive environment with you in your own gym where players are literally fighting fighting every day to be better so they can move up not only teams, but they, ha they, they have the ability to play at a high level when they leave your program. And I think that's one of the key things for us. And when, when directors ask us, how do you pick your teams? Um, you know, and I think we've, we've always picked our teams pretty much the same way, but it, it's contradictory to most other clubs, <clears throat> but I'm going to argue that I think it, there's, there's value in it. <clears throat> Excuse me again. In our program, if you're for our eight, let's, we'll take the R18s program because these are our best kids that are getting ready to go to college. Uh, you know, they all are trying to develop their skills at the highest level. One of the things that we do is, you know, if we've, we'll rank our outside hitters all the way from one to 30 or 40, and the top two left side hitters will play on our 18 elite team. The third best left side hitter will play on our 18 2 team, and the fourth left side hitter will play on our 18 2 team as well. And those are clearly always talented kids. <clears throat> they're, they're very talented. They're good kids. I mean, we've had kids in our program that have never played on our 18 elite team but have been All-Americans. They played in the Big Ten. They've been all collegiate All-Americans, but they never played on the 18 elite team here at Sports Performance. And one of the things that we look at is how do we best, how do we best develop each player to play at the highest level? It's really my job as a director, and, and if we've got coaches or anything like that who communicate, to, to communicate and educate parents in what's in the best interest for the development of their kids. And once you get past the technical phase when you have the ability, uh, when you're developing the ability to, to, to master all the skills, once you get past that, then the opportunities that you have to gain key experience is the most important thing. And the, the, the number of times you can be put in pressure situations, the amount, of, the amount of time that you can spend playing against the best players possible. And, and one of the things to think about, it, and we use our gym as an example, <coughs> is that if you're not on our 18 elite team, but you're on our 18 two team, then every day you're playing against one of the top three or four teams in the country year in and year out. I mean, you're, you're not on that side of the court. You're against that team, and you're playing against that team every day which brings much more value to you than you being a sub on the 18 elite team because if you're a sub on the 18 elite team, not only are you not starting and playing against the 18-2 team, you know, you're, you're, you're playing minimal time. You're playing less time. And no matter how much in training when we get into competition, you know, you're, you're not going to get those match reps versus you know, if you play on our 18-2 team and then you, know, you get three or four days a week, you're playing against the top team in our gym, which again every year is one of the top teams in the country. But then you go out, and you're the number one or number two option on a team that's, that's always competitive, probably has won more uh, year-end championships than any other number two team in the country, uh, you know, has, is always an open-level team, and you get to grow and develop, which you would have missed all those opportunities if you would have been a sub on our 18 Elite team. And I think one of the things that we have to look at is 
how do we how do we get that message across to parents? Because pretty much every time I talk to a director and a coach, they agree with the philosophy that kids should be spread out because ultimately if they're spread out they're all developing they're all developing skills and i'll go back to josh allen if josh allen doesn't go to a junior college if he doesn't go to the university of wyoming which isn't a football power he never makes the nfl he could have walked down at alabama he could have been the fifth or sixth strength quarterback there he could or any other big school i mean he's he's a big kid with a big arm on him but he would never have made the nfl because he wouldn't have had the opportunities he wouldn't have been able to gain experience and the one thing that that we feel as as a club is our customers need the opportunity to gain experience and i've said in previous podcasts that players come to a volleyball club to improve enough so they can leave and go to another team very few people come to a club and go this is my last stop they're going to go back to high school or they're going to they're going to try they want to try and play at the collegiate level and so it's it's our job to develop talent that's the most important thing and put that talent in the best position so it can gain experience and be successful and also one of the things that it does is if your talent is spread out in your gym, then what you do is you have a much more competitive environment because there are good kids on every team, and then they have to carry big loads of responsibility. I mean, I think, I think about the best eight outside hitters in our program, let's say juniors and seniors. They're spread out among four teams. I mean, they're, they're all getting key key game experience they're all playing under a lot of pressure they're all taking big swings at big opportunities versus in a lot of clubs four of those eight kids are just sitting on the bench they're taking stats they're not getting better uh, because there comes a time when you get older that you don't need to just practice you need to play and playing playing not only is important but playing key roles is important because there are demands placed on you for the team to be successful or fail and if you don't if you don't come through in those situations then your team struggles and so now we've, giving, we've given twice as many players opportunities to be in those positions as maybe they would be if they were in another club because they're literally they're backups on other teams. And th- that's the key thing I think I want people to think about when they talk about it. And, and in our gym, we have, you know, we have uh, 16 teams that will practice on eight courts. I remember, I'll never forget, you know, it was a few years ago, the, the Brazil youth national team came up and spent part of the summer or part of June with us. They were going to train, and they ended up going to AAUs and played in the international division there. But they walked in our gym for the first time, and we were in practice. So we had all eight of all of our main courts in the main gym. We had eight courts with 16 teams going. And what we were doing is we were going through just a simple ball control circuit. So everybody was just overhand passing back and forth, underhand passing. And, you know, it, pretty much around the world, everybody, there's one or two courts, and you've got a team on a court, and you've got a coach running their practice, and maybe on another court you've got a coach running another practice. And then uh, when the Brazilians walked in our gym, uh, literally the coaches, every coach put down their team bag and got their camp phones out and started videotaping because they had never seen an environment where, you know, 160 kids were literally doing the same thing at the same time. And so I think one of the things that, that is key is the key for club directors is, how do you run your gym? How is your gym developed? How does your gym develop talent? I mean, do you have coaches that are really elite level coaches, but they only coach one team or two teams, and then those kids are fighting to get on those teams just so they can be with good coaches? Or is there an environment where everybody has a chance to learn? And in our gym, we have a master coach system. So, you know, those, those 16 teams, you know, in, in our 18, 17, 16 group, are always going to be trained by me. I'm going to write every practice plan basically for the last 40 years. I'm going to run all the 
practices. Uh, you know, there's coaches on every half court, uh, but we do lots of circuit training. We do lots of position training. You know, our best arms hit the most balls. Our coaches that can't hit a ball don't get to hit a ball. They're not allowed to. Uh, you know, so we always try to do everything we can that grows the individual players the best. And this is a player-driven model. It's not a team-driven model, even though our teams have been extremely successful. We've won a lot of championships and, you know, all the things that are, are good with good clubs. But it's player-driven, and we want all of our players to, to develop, which means that the more, the more talent that we have individually in our gym – then the more talent we have to choose from when we start selecting teams. It's much harder to make a higher team because there's more good players fighting for those spots because those, you know, the players the year before were all spread out among other teams. They were all getting key reps. They were all getting match experience. So every year you come back, you've got a good base. And, you know, we've, we have a tradition as a program where we go to nationals every year and we win a lot of different championships in a lot of different age groups because our kids are spread out and, uh, they're, you know, they, play, they play, play the game well. And so I think that's one of the things that we look at that's really important. Another thing that we look at in our gym is we want our gym to be competitive. And so uh, in our gym, on, on court one, our 18 elite team is on court one. And on uh, the other side of the net is our 18-2 team. But if our 18-2 team or our 18 elite team is not playing well, is struggling, maybe not doing well in competition, they're going to get replaced by a team that might be playing higher than them. So we've had years where our 18 elite team and our 16 elite team were on court one because our 16 elite team was better than our 18-2 team. And, you know, we play, when we compete in practice, we, we play up-down games. And so, you know, we call it north and south. So if we've had teams that will start on court six or seven and they'll get to court one, uh, through competition and so you earn your way to play the best players and so we try not to pigeonhole any player or any team we try to give everybody the chance to move up and down and play to their best of their ability and I think it's one of the reasons that you know we, over the years we've had kids leave other clubs either leave cl other clubs first or second teams and they'll come here and play on a third or fourth or fifth team because they know the training is going to be the same. They know they're going to be the demands are going to be the same. I mean, and if you're on court six or court seven or court eight, and you're in the you know you're in the middle of the pack of maybe our 16 group, you're going to be doing the same exact drills as those top kids on court one are doing, who are 18 open elite kids who are going to be playing you know at some of the best schools in the country. And I think that's one of the things that again we always see that as the ability to make our program. Uh, competitive depth-wise all the way through. And it's, it's, even though we've had success with our teams, it's never about one team. It's about as many teams as possible playing at the highest level possible. And to get there, we have to develop talent. And you will not develop long-term talent as a club if you contain all your talent on a, in, in a, into just a few teams and you don't let that talent develop, spread out over the spectrum of, of your whole program. And I think that's one of the biggest things. And um, it's... It's great for developing talent. Here's the downside. It's terrible for depth for your teams because you don't have a couple of outside hitters. You don't even have one great outside hitter sitting on the bench on your team. So, you know, if you get into a situation where there's an ankle sprain, in our club, if there's an ankle sprain to the number one setter, we don't have a great backup setter. Those other setters are playing on other teams. You know, we don't have a great third middle because, you know, if you're, if you're the third best middle in our program, you're the number one middle on our second team. And so we realize that. We've realized it. You know, we know that at any given tournament, if somebody goes down, you know, we're, that team is going to struggle. But we're not being paid by the parents to win medals and championships and things like that. We're being paid by the parents for their daughters to become better players. And I think that's the one thing that we have a tough time with as directors is, you know, figuring out that, you know, we want to use – we want to use all the things that are great about team sports and, and the value of the team and things like that, 
but we want we have to understand that at the end of the day the players come to us because they individually want to get better they want to improve their skills and so we, we have to put a model in place that allows them to do that and i it i have nothing against the, the the clubs that have you know 12 13 14 players on one team there's a lot of talent on one team it's probably a great environment for practice because one team can practice against each other <clears throat> you know they don't have to practice against another team it's pretty hard with 12 kids to play regularly. It's pretty hard to say you're going to get a lot of match experience. You know, you might be on a really good team, and it might make you feel good. might make mom and dad feel good. Uh, you know, but that's a situation where, you know, it's kind of like ego over experience. I mean, is is ultimately at the end of the day, if you would have chosen to play on the second team, uh, and maybe a good second team, but again, in our gym, if you're playing on the second team, you're playing against one of the best teams in the country every single day. And also, when you're playing on weekends and tournaments, you know, you're a, you're a key component on the team that you're on. You're not watching the best players on that other team. And I think that's one of the things and that, that's really key. And, again, it goes back to Josh Allen. You know, Josh Allen, he went to a junior college in California, played at the University of Wyoming, which, you know, again, it's not a football power. He didn't go to Alabama. But he now is playing ahead of all those quarterbacks who were at those Power 5 schools that he would have sat behind when he was at that age because he didn't have the experience or didn't have the ability at that point in time to beat out those quarterbacks. But he had more potential, and he only reached his potential by putting himself in situations where he could gain experience, he could gain, he could gain knowledge, and he had a chance to make a lot of mistakes and get back up and keep playing. And that's one of the things that we see a lot from, uh, from kids in our sport is, you know, they have to make that choice. And I don't fault parents because they want their kids to be on the best team. I think one of the things that we as directors have to do a better job is we have to explain why at some point it's better to be on a second or third team. And people talk about recruiting, and I'm going to tell you this from experience, is coaches really don't care what team you're on. They care about how much you help that team. And, you know, they certainly want you to get coached well. They certainly want you to play at the, the highest level competition-wise. But if you're not playing at the highest level on that team, then you'd be much better off on another team playing, just literally playing, because at least you gain some experience. And I think a lot of college coaches would tell you that if you have that conversation. I mean, you know, clearly if, you, if, if they get you to commit somewhere, they're going to want you to play the best competition possible. There's no question about that. But to develop your talent, you have to play, and you have to gain experience. It's one of the things that's most important. And, and again, I think about in our gym where – you know, those kids who have gone on and been great college players and even been All-Americans who never played on our 18 lead team, I think about those kids, you know, they were across the net from that team every day, and they always had a chip on their shoulder. They always wanted to show those kids that on that other side of the net that they belonged over there, you know, and, and down deep, I think they always wanted to prove to me that I made a mistake when I, when I didn't pick them for the top team, and it, it's really crucial but all along the way, they would tell you that if they hadn't have had that experience, if they hadn't had that motivation to continue to get better, you know, they would have, it wouldn't have been the same. And so I think this is one area that we have to look at as um, directors and coaches is how do we best develop talent? And I think there are some structures, the way clubs are structured, where it might not be good to be on a second or third team because you might not have quality coaching. You might not have quality training. And so, uh, granted, if that's the case, then it's not going to be a good situation. And so, at, as club directors, we want to make sure that we're that we're that the quality across the board is equal. I mean, you don't just pay to be on a first team. You know, in our club, everybody pays the same. 
And so if everybody pays the same, then everybody deserves the same service and they deserve the same training. And then, you know, the athletic ability is different. The ability, sometimes motivation level is different. But at least you're giving the same opportunities for people to improve. It's their choice on how hard they work to do that. But you're not, you're not changing what you're doing. And I think that's one of the things that's really important uh, moving forward. So I think this is an important issue because it, there's a lot of clubs. It holds back talent development. And there's, there's some clubs around the country that have great first teams. They got a great 18 elite team. They got a great 17 elite team. They got a great 16 elite team. They're, they're great at every first team. One of the things that we want to do at Sports Performance is we want to have a lot of great teams. I'd rather have... I'd rather have 15 teams go medal than two teams go win open championships. Because then, if we have 15 teams that go and medal, or 10 teams or whatever, think about all those kids who are playing key roles on those teams, getting better. They go back, they play on their varsity and high, varsity teams in high school. They've got opportunities to play in college. I mean, you're really you're really doing the service that you're charging for by giving as many people the opportunity to play as possible. And so it's one of the things that we look at a little bit differently than some club directors but when I talk to club directors it's literally it's literally probably 90 to 100 not almost 100 percent in agreement all the time that they would like to do it the way we do it they just feel like they can't do it because the parents would never accept it and you know I I try not to fight that battle because it's 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 everybody else that's their business and it's not my business so you know it's their choice obviously to do what they want to do but I think a lot from talking to parents you know because we have we have the same parents here everybody else has. I mean, there's no, there's no magic about the parents here. There's no magic about a parent who will let their kids play on a fourth or fifth team. I mean, we, this fall we practiced for two months. I picked the 18s. We had 95 kids in our junior-senior group. And uh, so we picked nine teams, and I posted the teams, and I didn't hear from one parent, not one, because we try to explain to the kids why we're doing what we're doing. If, if there's five or six conversations I've got to have to explain to a kid, this is why you're here as opposed to here because I think it's best for you. You know, you try to educate. It's not, a, it's not a dictatorial situation where you're just saying, you're going to play on this team regardless. I mean, one of the things that we look at is, I want you to, not only do I want you to play on this team, but I want you to want to play on this team. Another thing that we do is, and I think I mentioned this previously, is a lot of times we make the best players captains. And so a player who maybe doesn't get picked for the top team, but, you know, sees, she walks into the gym, and we, post our, we just post our teams publicly. I mean, we don't, you know, we don't do numbers. We don't do any of that stuff. They just walk in the gym, and their name is on the board assigned to a team. And, but a lot of times, those kids, they're captains. And if they're captains, I mean, even the disappointment of coming in the gym and not making the team that you want to make, right away you, you've, you've put in a leadership position. You know now that it's your job to help lead those 10 other kids on your team. And so there's a lot, there's a lot of things I think you can do that way. But I really believe if we want to talk about player and talent development, we have to talk about you know putting the best kids across the board in the best situation so they can gain the greatest amount of experience. And you know the, the training model, I mean, I'm certainly familiar with how good training is, and it's great for you all the way across the board. But it doesn't get you game experience. It doesn't get you match experience. It doesn't allow you to play at a high level. And one of the things that you have to ask yourself is, are your players customers or are they commodities? And a customer is what you're going to do everything in the best interest for that customer to receive the service that they pay for. A commodity means that you have them basically as your property and uh, you want them to, you know, you're, you're using them in the way that you want to use them, which I, I get that, that players should play anywhere that, that, that they're supposed to play. I mean, I understand that. But the, the education of the, the player and the parent 
you know, a lot of times those kids will embrace the opportunity. I get to play more on this team, you're saying? I get to play against the best kids every day. I'm going to be a starter on this team over here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take all those swings at 23-23 that before I would have just I would have been running a shot chart or I would have been keeping stats. If you can explain it in that way, a lot of times the kids realize that it's in their best interest. And sometimes even they want to prove that you were wrong. And that's the, the biggest thing I think we want to do as directors is we want the greatest amount of buy-in for all the kids to do what's in the best interest of not only themselves, but also the organization and the program. And everybody knows that you have more good teams and you have a higher level program if all your best players are playing on a team as opposed to talented kids not playing. And so, uh, and again, the downside is you don't have depth. And, you know, that's, it's just one of the ways that we look at it. I mean, we had a, we had a uh, one year at nationals, our 18 elite team ended up winning the 18 open national championship. My wife's team had, she had our 18, two team. They lost in the semifinals of the 18 open because they had a kid go down, sprain an ankle, or we would have been playing each other in the finals of the national championship that year. And, you know, it, there, there's downside to it, but I think one of the things that we always feel is our obligation is first to the player development. It's second to team development and team championships. And even though we've won our share of those, uh, player development comes first. So uh, we think that's really, really important. And, um, you know, it's just it's one of the things that I feel really strongly about. So if you if you as a club director, if you can have that conversation or you have that conversation with your coaches, the key is going to be how the club is structured. I mean, the club has to be structured where it's strong enough for second teams or third teams to play and train at the same level uh, as far as intensity and skill development and stuff as every team is. And then obviously when you play tournaments and matches, maybe you've got an open level team, maybe you've got a premier level team, maybe you've got a club level team. But generally, those kids on the third team, they might not be as physical as the kids on the first or second team. So, you know, they're not expecting to win in the open level, but they are expecting to help their team be successful. So I think this is, a, this is an area that, that it's intriguing to me because I probably have this conversation with club directors more than anything else uh, about training because everybody becomes so frustrated about the fact that Every, you know, this is the thing right now, and you know it if you're a club director, and you may know it, you know it if you're a coach, and you probably know it if you're a parent. Everybody tells you you got to get on the highest team possible. But I want to go back to Josh Allen. Josh Allen, he went to a junior college. He played at the University of Wyoming. He's got the Buffalo Bills in the NFL playoffs. And all those guys were all Americans when he was in college. Uh, a lot of those guys aren't even playing in the NFL right now. So uh, it's experience and it's opportunity. I think that's one of the keys. So thank you very much for joining us. I'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you.